Welcome to With You Every Step, the solo travel podcast that explores, explains and hopefully inspires you to travel the world by yourself. I'm your host, Michelle Lee. Welcome back to With You Every Step. I know that you haven't heard that for a while because I haven't been back. But guess what? I am now. I would like to apologize to all my amazing listeners that I just stopped suddenly and I have been asked by lots of people, what happened? Have I stopped? What's going on? And this episode is to explain to you all what's happened and what's been happening in my world. When I started this, I said to myself that I would be honest and honest about absolutely everything. And I can only connect with someone when it's raw and it's real. And that's what I want to do. So that's what this episode is about. It's taken me a while to actually sit down and record this because it's not easy to talk about what I've been through. And for some people, it might not be much, but for me, it was a traumatic thing that I've been through, but I'm going to explain exactly what happened. And I do sound really nasally. So I'm really sorry about that. That has just happened. I think I know why. And I will talk about that a little bit more later. So the first reason that I had to stop recording was as simple as my headphones broke. And that's what started the whole break. So my headphones broke and they were under warranty because they were still pretty new. So I had to take them back to the store where I got them from. And then what they had to do is they had to send them away to find out what was wrong with them. And the issue with this is that you then don't have headphones for like four weeks. And I said to the guys, this is not okay. I have to keep recording. And they said to me, well, you can just buy another pair. Well, no, I can't. I can't afford to buy another pair of headphones. And you've got my headphones. I just... I just need them fixed or I just need them replaced. Anyway, I didn't win that battle. (laughs) So I had to wait for them to send them away, for them to come back to me and then say, actually, they are faulty and we are just going to replace them, come back into the shop and pick up a replacement brand new pair. Great. So I did that. But that did take a few weeks. I wish, you know, they just did that straight away. But I understand the process and I get why it is the way it is. So I brought them home and I was excited and ready to go, starting to line up some guests again. And then the screen on my laptop broke. (laughs) So it was a saga. Now, this was another manufacturing issue. The screen was faulty, but unlike the great headphone company, this was not such an easy process. The screen would go all white and fade in, fade out, and then go dark, and I couldn't really see. So it would start off okay sometimes, and then I just couldn't see. And sometimes if I moved, you know how you can move your laptop on an angle, like I'd start to move it a little bit, it would get better, and then it would go away. This was happening for a really long time, but then it got to the point where I really couldn't see anything anymore. So this was when I was like, okay, I need to do something about this. So I contacted the manufacturer. They didn't want a bar of it. They told me that, oh, all this drama. Anyway, that took a while to sort that out, to figure out that, nope, that's not going to help. So then I took it to a computer doctor. And OMG, this was a whole nother issue. (sighs) So 
they have to take it for a day to diagnose the problem. It's literally like going to a doctor. (laughs) So they take your laptop, they pull it apart, they diagnose the issue, and then they tell you what's wrong. So they give you that phone call. Okay, here's the bad news. Your screen is faulty. No, duh. I kind of knew that. All right, great. So you need to replace it. Yes, but we have to order it in from a manufacturer overseas. So this may take a few weeks. Come pick up your laptop, take it home. Okay, well, I can't really use it, but great. All right. So take it home. Finally ring me to tell me that the screen replacement is in. Take it in and get it replaced. Fabulous. Awesome. So I took it in. Again, I get the dreaded phone call late afternoon on that day. I'm thinking they're going to ring and tell me it's all fixed. Come pick it up. No, they have broken another part of the laptop screen. So the part down the bottom that connects it. Okay. So what does this mean? Well, this means now that you literally can't use your laptop at all. Where before I could use it for maybe a minute or two and then it'd go dark on me. No, you've got nothing. You can't use it. The screen is totally dead. Great. So what happens now? Well, now we have to order that part in from an overseas manufacturer and that may take a few weeks. (laughs) Uh, Great. Okay. All right. So we're already now over a month since I first took it in. So I still have no laptop. So this is going even longer. So they finally ring me and tell me that this part that they have that they broke is now in to take it back in and they will try and fix and put the new screen that they had, but they didn't get to put in. Okay, great. Take it in. They ring me. Yes, it's all done. Come pick it up. I go pick it up. It's terrible. The screen was muddy. It was dark. It was not, I'm a trained photographer. That's what I studied in in college. My eye is trained for color correction. So looking at the colors on this screen was hurting my eyes. It was muddy. The black area was like gray. The blue was like a light blue, nearly not even blue. So I just said to them, this is rubbish. What is this? What have you put into my laptop? They said, oh, what? Well, we can't see anything. I said, okay, open your, open your screen up. Go to Google. See the colors of Google? Yeah, well, this is a really good, excuse me, my laptop is really good. Okay, so I convinced them that they've put rubbish into my laptop. So they said, okay, we'll have to order another screen. This time I could still use it. So I could see it just was muddy. It would hurt my eyes. So they had tried to fix all of the settings to make it not so harsh. But what they had done is they had turned the settings, like the brightness, all the way to the max. So it gave it some kind of color. Well, all that does is hurt your eyes. So then I had to turn that down so I could use it. But then the muddiness meant I couldn't do any other kind of work on it. I knew that they were going to call me to replace it again. So I didn't want to start up anything in the meantime. They did finally call me up another three or four weeks later. This was a very long process. Finally, they call me and tell me that the new screens come in. I think at this time they had also ordered in the first thing that they broke, which I don't know what that was called. So they ordered both in. So in case they broke it again, they could replace it. 
I think they replaced both of these things the second time around. When I went and picked it up, it was like my screen was new again. I was happy finally after months and months of not having a working laptop, I had a working laptop. So that was great. But in the meantime, I was extremely ill and I was getting worse. So for months way before this, I knew something wasn't right. Actually, probably about a year before this, to be really honest. And I'd been to my GP and I explained to her that I had a swollen gut. And I know that sounds really weird. It sounds like you've eaten too many tacos or something. But that's what it looked like. But it was a lot lower. So I actually looked pregnant. Well, I felt like I looked pregnant. Probably at this point, not so bad, but I felt like it. And that means it's uncomfortable. So I went to my GP and I told her and she said to me, I think you're just putting on weight. You're getting older and you're probably putting on weight. Changes happen in your body when you start to get to a certain age. All right. Don't know if that's really what I thought I was going to hear. Okay. All right. So I took it, went away with that and felt pretty crappy about myself and thought, wow, all right, maybe I need to just start exercising more. I like to be very active. So, all right, I can do that. Mm -hmm. The issue was getting worse. It wasn't going away and it didn't look like fat. Like I've put on weight. I know what weight looks like. I know what fat feels like. This was hard. My stomach looked like there was a baby growing in there. And just for those people saying, well, were you pregnant? No, I was not pregnant. That's not what was happening. And I was in pain and I had other issues going on, which I won't explain because you probably don't want to hear about them. So I'm just going to kind of give you the, the little bit of the overview with a little bit of information, but maybe not too much. I went back to my GP and said, okay, these other things are happening. Things aren't good. I don't feel well. My stomach is still sore. It is still huge. Something's wrong. I want to go see a gynecologist. I want to go to a doctor, like another specialist. The way the system works here in Australia is pretty amazing. And I know other systems around the world are not so good. And we are extremely lucky here in Australia. We have a great healthcare system. Our GPs are bog billed, which means when I go to the doctor, to the GP, I don't pay. It's great. People say, yes, our taxes are high. Personally, I don't mind paying taxes. We are lucky that when we don't feel well, we can go to the doctor. Our GPs don't always make the right decisions in my case, clearly. We have a hospital system that is amazing as well. So what she did, my GP, was send a referral to the hospital for them to be able to get me in for an appointment to see if they can figure out what's going on with me. I did not hear anything. <laughs> now, this is, the, this is the only issue is that when we have a healthcare system that is for everybody, everybody uses it, which means the wait time can be quite long. And that is when they think things aren't urgent which is understandable. If I don't have something that I don't think is urgent, that can wait. I've had surgery from injuries on my ankle before. I waited a year for that surgery and it got done. It wasn't something that I thought would impact my life that needed to be done quickly. If you do need that, there is a private health insurance or private healthcare that you can go through where you do pay. It's quite expensive, but there is that option if people want to take that here in Australia. 
I don't have the money to do that. So for me, that's not an option. In the meantime, my GP had sent me for an ultrasound of my uterus. So my girly ears. This is what this is about. So guys, if you get all queasy and don't want to learn, well, then maybe you switch off right now. We'll come back to the end of the episode, but maybe you should listen to it because you might know someone going through it and maybe this will help you understand what they're going through. There was a polyp in my uterus, which they said was not big and that shouldn't be causing my issues is what I was told. So then I finally got a letter from the hospital saying that my appointment may take up to nine months just for an appointment. I was getting worse in the meantime. My stomach now was getting so big constantly. It wasn't going down. It was at a huge state that people were actually asking me if I wanted a seat on the train because I looked at least six months pregnant. I was in excruciating pain at this point as well. I went, took myself into the emergency department of the hospital one day because I couldn't cope anymore. I needed something to be done. So I went in there again in Australia, in our public hospital system. Anyone can go to the emergency department and it's free. It doesn't cost you any money and you can go there and it may take hours. You may be sitting there for a long time if you were not at a, they triage everybody and they depend, it depends on your level of how quickly you get seen. Mine took about maybe four or five hours All they did was basically take some bloods and urine to make sure that I wasn't pregnant or had an infection, which I knew neither of those was the case. And then basically all they did was send me home and tell me to take some Panadol and I may get an appointment sooner than nine months. They also said, yes, we can see from the ultrasound that you've had previously that you do have a polyp, but that shouldn't be causing any of your issues. So just wait for your appointment. So I knew nothing more than when I went in and now it's to the point where I can't fit into any of my clothes anymore. I'm in so much pain. My skin hurts because it's so stretched and I had to do something. My mental health was declining. I didn't want to socialize as I couldn't fit into anything to wear. So I didn't want to go out in public. I became really body conscious. I thought everyone was staring at my gut And to be honest, a lot of people were. I could see them looking at it. I could see people questioning, is she pregnant? I'm single. I don't have a partner. And I could see the judgment. I could see it in people's eyes. And it's heartbreaking. And I knew that I couldn't live like that anymore. I'm extremely lucky. I don't suffer with any mental health issues. And I know so many people do. But I was in a dark place. And so many people didn't understand. And the comments are, maybe you just ate something wrong or maybe you are putting on weight. Maybe it's not that bad. People can't see your pain, especially when you put a smile on and try and act bubbly and happy because you know that's what they expect from you. And I felt really alone and it was really hard because people could see the changes in me and my body, but they couldn't understand it. And to be honest, I didn't either because I wasn't getting any answers. Something happened that triggered me where someone wanted me to try on a dress and I had a massive meltdown and I couldn't cope. And I knew that this was rock bottom and that if I didn't do something, I couldn't live like this. 
So I found a private gynecologist, which means I have to pay for her hundreds of dollars. So in the meantime, before this, I was saving my pennies so I could afford this. And again, we still have an amazing system here because compared to other countries, it's not that expensive, but it still means I had to save money to be able to afford this. My first appointment, she was so much more thorough than the emergency department and my GP. And, you know, I'm paying her money for this, so I kind of hope she is, but she was great. She did an exam and she said to me she was pretty sure that I have endometriosis. My pelvis didn't really move and the pain that I was in led her to believe that she was correct. She sent me to have another ultrasound with a company that are experts in that field of lady parts. The ultrasound showed the polyp and adenomyosis, which is often can go hand in hand with endometriosis. She said she wants to get in there as soon as possible and operate. And I was not able to afford to go privately with her. So if I was, it would probably cost me about $8,000. Again, not much compared to other countries around the world. But for me, I don't have that kind of money. There was another option. Most specialists actually do work this way. She was amazing. And she also works at a public hospital. So she said to me that she can get me in on her list in the public hospital so I don't have to pay and it may take around a month to six weeks, which means it doesn't cost me anything for the surgery. I was really excited and amazed that she offered this and I was so happy, but she said, you know, no promises. It still may take a little while. I was wrapped. I said, yep, put me in. Let's do this. She said, yeah, I want to get in there. That polyp needs to be removed. I need to get in there and see what's going on. I had heard lots about endometriosis. I know so many women have it. It's really common. It's something ridiculous. Like one in 10 women suffer with it. But I found it hard to understand. I know some people that suffer horrifically with it. It's debilitating. And for some of my friends' experiences, I know it presents differently in everyone. I personally didn't think this was my issue. I wasn't in excruciating pain to start with. I was getting a pulling feeling that every time I tried to exercise, it made me feel nauseous and it felt like my insides were ripping. I like to be active. So when I'm trying to, you know, do star jumps or whatever it was, the insides felt like they were tearing and it was so painful that it made me feel nauseous. So I had to stop. So I had to stop exercising as well. I was doing the typical Dr. Google thing and it wasn't really coming up with much. I did find something called endo bloat, which was similar to what I had. So it's endometriosis and that means that it was other women showing photos of what their bloat looks like. So when their stomach looks swollen, but most of them said it kind of comes up and down. And when you look it up, it says that it can, it can come up and down during the month and sometimes it will come up in the day and go down by the night or whatever. So again, like I said, everyone's different. For me, it was now 24-7. This was not going down at all. I actually, I might be brave and put some before and after photos from my surgery of what my stomach looked like before I had surgery and then a week post-op. So you can actually get an understanding because I am sharing my story so others don't feel alone like I did. I felt so alone. Like I said earlier, I was so big that people were offering me seats on the train. 
I look back on it now, it's kind of funny, but at the time it didn't feel funny at all. But this lady, one day, it was a really packed train and she was like my mum's age and she got up to offer me a chair because she thought I was pregnant and I said to her, no, 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 it's fine, it's okay. I'm not going to take a seat from someone that's my like my mum. I've always been taught to respect my elders. I told her not to get up. What she did then was she glared at every man that was sitting down and she stared at them and then she'd look at me like, look at that pregnant woman, you're making her stand and then looked back at the men. This happened for like 15 minutes. Yeah, it doesn't sound long but it is when this is going on. And then when she got up, she pushed through everybody. She grabbed me and she's like, you take my seat and she made me sit down in her seat. It was good because actually I felt really sick and in a lot of pain that day. So it was good that I did get to sit down, but not for the fact that she thought I was pregnant. I didn't want to tell her I wasn't. How awkward would that be? And how awful would she feel? I couldn't wait for surgery. You know, it's embarrassing and heartbreaking all at the same time. In the meantime, waiting to hear when I'm going to go in to have surgery I went away for a mini break because I needed it. Like I said to you, I was not in a good way. So I thought if I just take myself away from work and away from being here, then maybe it will help. Try and get some more research for my amazing podcast that I love. But I I wasn't in the frame of mind to be able to do it at that point. But I was like, yes, let's do this. So I went away. I was miserable the whole time. I was in excruciating pain. I was trying so hard to cover it and put a smile on my face for my friends, but I was miserable. And again, I could tell they didn't understand. Like one time I said, I really need to go home. And my friend was like, oh, and she got a little bit annoyed with me, but I couldn't. I was in so much pain. And again, it's one of those things. People can't really see what you're feeling. And I did, though, visit some amazing places that I will tell you about in some later episodes. I finally got the date for my surgery, though, and it came through and I went in and I had surgery and I'm all fixed. Well, for now, anyway, my surgeon said that there was endo endometriosis and that she cleaned up as much as she could. There was some on my bowel that she can't touch because... She's not a bowel surgeon and she doesn't want to put a hole in my bowel. I'm like, fair enough, please don't do that. So she stayed away from that section, but she said she got everything else that she could. She took the polyp out. She said there was other things going on in my uterus as well. And so those who don't know, I'll explain to you as she did to me what endo actually is. So she explained it as the inside of the uterus lining escaping out of the uterus And then basically it turns into like a sticky glue and it can stick to all your organs and stick your organs together as well, which is probably why I was getting that pulling feeling when I was exercising because things weren't happy inside. That's what it is. So then they can kind of burn a lot of it off. It took me a while to heal. And like I said, I'm going to put, I'm going to be brave and I'm going to put the photos up from before and after surgery and you will see one week post-surgery where I was still swollen from surgery, the difference. And I could not, it sounds really weird, but I could not stop touching my stomach again. I was like, oh, you feel so good. It took a little while, but I started to feel better. I know that this is something I have to live with for the rest of my life and that there'll probably be more surgeries in my future. 
But for now, I'm doing better and I'm feeling better. I'm looking better. I don't have anyone offering me seats on the train anymore, which is a little disappointing on one hand because sometimes I really like to sit down. But on the other hand, I'm much happier that no one is staring at me and giving men dirty looks thinking that I'm a pregnant woman. I was all set to release my first episode back in the first week of this year. But as you may be aware, Australia is on fire. The bushfires were so bad Even today, as I speak to you, I think that's the issue with my voice is because the smoke in Melbourne today is extremely bad. The air quality has been awful here, but it's not a bad thing because it makes us realise what's so close to us is happening because we're in the big city. We are a little bit removed away from where all the bushfires are currently, but the smoke is a good reminder to us that our fellow Aussies are struggling And it didn't feel right for me to release an episode and expect people to come and listen to something that I've done when they should be putting their energy into something else that's way more important. So I just couldn't release. So I'm sorry to anyone that I may have told that would be coming back then. I just couldn't do it. My brother lost his house on Black Saturday, which was 11 years ago now, actually pretty much to the day that he lost his house on a really, really traumatic, horrific bushfire event that happened here in Victoria. And we were all traumatised for a really long time. And watching what he went through, I know how hard it is. And I know how much effort needs to go into supporting people that have been through this. So I ask you, if you haven't donated, if you have anything that you can donate, I'll put some links down below. The money goes to the people that need it. I can tell you that it does. They do need it. It helps so much, but we also have lost so much wildlife. It's heartbreaking. So there is a link that I'll put below to a wildlife fund as well that you can donate to if you want to. A lot of celebrities have been helping, which is amazing. But the problem is there's fires in two states, New South Wales and Victoria. I'm in Victoria and a lot of the funding that celebrities have been raising, which is brilliant, but it all goes to one state, which has been New South Wales. So our beautiful animals in Victoria are not getting the funding that they need. To give you a little example, I don't know if it's like this now, but it was a few weeks back when they first started raising all the money. The New South Wales one had raised over $11 million and the Victorian one had barely raised a million dollars. They can't split it, which is insane and I wish they could and I don't know why it just doesn't all go into one fund, one for the animals, one for all the people that need it and all the people that are helping and then just split them between everyone that needs it wherever it is, no matter what state they're in. But it doesn't work that way. So like I said, I'll put some links down below. If you can, you can. If you can't, you can't. But if you don't know about the bushfires in Australia, if you're somewhere around the world that hasn't been hearing about it or hasn't been reported, have a look, look it up. You'll see it's absolutely devastating. It felt like the end of the world. Walking down the street in Melbourne, you couldn't breathe, you couldn't see, the smoke was so strong. The sun goes this colour that I hope you don't have to see wherever you are. 
and it's heartbreaking. I don't care what your opinion on climate change is. Quite frankly, it's irrelevant because all we know right now is that Mother Nature is not happy. A lot of things that are happening right now is Mother Nature telling us that we're not doing the right thing. We have horrific bushfires here in Australia. Literally, Australia was on fire. If you saw a map when it was at its worst a couple of weeks back, it looked like the whole country was nearly on fire. We're not even through our fire season yet. It's about to ramp up. February is when it starts to get really bad. In the meantime, we have earthquakes in other countries. We have in the Philippines a volcano. Both the volcano and the bushfires are causing their own weather patterns. This is insane. Now, I'm not preaching to you about your theories and what you think. I personally, like I said, don't care. All we know is that Mother Nature is not happy and that we can do our best to help. You don't have to save the world, but the little things that you can do is what matters. Yes, I'm a travel podcast. Yes, I talk about traveling. Yes, planes contribute awfully to the environment. I am very well aware. So if there's another option, instead of taking a plane, take it. If you can reduce your waste, do it. Don't ask. I'm not asking you to be perfect. I'm asking you to just help. That's all that matters is that everybody does a little bit and then hopefully that can help in the long run. Then the coronavirus has hit. So that's another problem that's happening around the world that is affecting tourism massively. I know that people aren't traveling. I know that people are on restrictions and there's certain places you can and can't go right now. Again, look after yourself. It's like the flu. So if you know someone that has the flu, you react the same way. You clean your hands, you do all of those things. 2020 has made a bang. And if you can have a dollar for every time that you've heard somebody say, it's 2020, like it's a really good thing. Well, mm, it's been a really crappy start of the year. I'm not going to lie. I don't know anyone that's had a great January. If you do, please let me know. I love hearing good news. I could do with some good news right now because I was then set to release again and then the news broke. Mr. Kobe Bryant was killed in a helicopter accident alongside his daughter Gianna and her two beautiful friends and teammates, Alyssa Altabelli, Peyton Chester, Alyssa's parents, John and Kerry, Peyton's mother, Sarah, the assistant girls basketball coach, Christina Massa, and the helicopter pilot, Ara Zobanian. Now this broke me. I can't even imagine how the families and the Mumba Academy are feeling. I send all my love and strength to all their loved ones and to Laker Nation. It's absolutely devastating. I'm a basketballer. I was from the age of eight. Kobe was an inspiration to everybody. I actually cried one other time because I had his final game recorded on my box that I record things and I had to change it over because there was an upgrade and it, and I lost his final game. And I literally cried to the technician that had to change the box. He thought I was a weirdo and I was like, no, this is an important 
moment. It was Kobe's last game. Like it was huge. I can't even imagine what it would be like to lose three of your teammates. But as a female basketballer, Kobe was doing great things for female basketball. To the Mumba Academy, you keep pushing and you keep doing great things for female basketballers. And I can't wait to see what you produce in the future. I know that you will make them all proud. If you would like to know more about endometriosis, I will add also the link to Endometriosis Australia down below. So please go check that out. They have a lot of information on there. It's been a tough break and I'm so sorry that I disappeared without letting you know where I was going. And as I said at the start, it was not my intention. I literally was going to be like, okay, once my headphones get fixed, I'm back and we'll start recording and off we go. And that's not what happened. So I'm back now. I have some amazing guests coming up for you. I'm super excited for you to listen to those episodes and I hope you enjoy them. I'm sorry this was a bit of a Debbie Downer episode, but I just wanted to give you knowledge of where I've been and what's been going on in my life and maybe someone else is going through the same thing and I hope that I've helped you. My biggest thing that I've learned through all of this is trust yourself. Don't listen to other people. I wasn't getting fat. I knew there was something wrong with my body. So trust yourself, push, be your best advocate, fight like anything. And I hope that you can have the same outcome that I've had where now I'm in a better place and I can start doing things I love again because I love giving you these interviews. I love talking to people about travel and I hope you enjoy it too. So happy travels, everybody. And I hope that you enjoy my episodes coming up for you with you every step thanks for listening to with you every step hosted by michelle lee we do hope you enjoyed listening and if you did make sure you tell everybody if you didn't nobody likes a debbie downer please subscribe to get up to date with our latest releases and give us a thumbs up on our social media at with you every step We love to hear from you. If you have any questions or inquiries, head to the Contact Us page at our website, michellelee.com. That's also where you'll find all our blogs mentioned in the podcast. We love to hear from you and if we have inspired you to travel. Thanks for listening. Love life and adventure on.